get them out of here. Talk about it outdoors live in the Wilson studio. I am your host, Alex DeBoard. Got my main man, Nick Wilson, in studio with us. Coming all the way back from wherever in the world he's been. He's like Carmen San Diego. We never know where to find him. Waddy's with us, and we're going to have a good one tonight. We got probably one of the biggest names in the camera and the hunting industry as it speaks today. This guy's going to be a fun one tonight. Y'all stay with us. Nicholas Wilson, welcoming us back into the studio again. I am glad to be here with you, buddy, and thanks for having us. Yes, sir. It was an awesome 4th of July weekend, and back in the thing, got some big news dropping later on, I guess, at some point. Oh, yeah, big news, big big content. We spent the last two hours. Cody's been pumping out some, some pictures on that camera, getting it done. We got some great new partners we're going to be talking with and uh, from and stuff. We've got just all kinds of cool How things was your going on. You know, this has probably been one of the most relaxing Fourth of July's that I've had in in a long time. We went up to Tennessee, spent it on the Clinch River with Rusty and Doyle and all the Brunson boys and the guys from Florida, Bear and Sasha and all their families came up, met some amazing people that I'd never met before. And, of course, everyone in Tennessee. And, hey, even my old buddy uh, Leroy and John came down from Iowa and spent it with us. So time with our family. It was it was well spent for sure, and I'm and I'm thankful that uh, thankful we got to do it. How about you? I didn't do much, man. The wife was home from work for the weekend, so we just hung out and we floated the river one day and worked the other day. So I listened to Mulkey sing every country song that's ever been, like he was a metal singer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was pretty cool. He sounded like he was a WWE announcer while we were there. So it was pretty cool. Cody, you good for July? Awesome. We uh, we hung out. Kids kids were at home with me. Wife went out of town for a little girls trip with her. Her wife, oh God, her wife, her mom and sister and them, and uh, we just hung out around the house, had a cookout, just it was, took it easy. It was good. That's great. Well, um, I don't want to waste any time getting into this one. This this man is is taking the time out of his day to come on, and and just a little backstory before we announce him. You know, he was born and raised in Arkansas, and um, he married his wife Angela, and they moved to Louisiana at, at the age of twenty one to pursue his dream of filming hunts. He spent countless hours that can not be told, but behind the lens. I've watched him for years in, in his time spent with Duck Commander. They ventured out several years ago and started uh, Buck Commander. I think it's going into maybe its sixth or seventh season. I'm sure he'll tell us all <laughs> about it. And anyone who hasn't seen that show, well, they can they can uh, find it over on all the social media platforms and see uh, see this fine man do his camera work on there. They give him a hard time, but he gives it right back. Jordan Summit, welcome to Talk About It Outdoors. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. We appreciate you taking your time to come on and be with us. As we said earlier, it's indeed a pleasure, and it's been a pleasure to watch basically the world of all the Duck Commander and Buck Commander and even over at Strut Commander unfold through the lens that you're pretty much running and, and field producing most of that stuff. So great content you guys put out, and I, and I know you have a big crucial role in all of that. And, man, you've been killing it for a long time, and, and we sure appreciate you putting that stuff out and doing it the way that you do. Man, we love doing it. it we, it's a it's a team effort, and, and, man, I get a lot of the credit, and, and I am thankful for that, but um, I got I to gotta put up all my other camera guys that, that I work alongside with, Benny and Jacob and Mike Miller and um, Hunter Joe, you name it. I, I got 
so many guys that, that run camera alongside me in Buck Commander that um, not one of us can take credit for the whole thing. I, I may have been here the longest and, and get seen a little bit more than the rest of them, but those guys put in a, a ton of work and they do a great job. That's that's great, and we know that you know from watching Mike and all the other guys on the show, they always get plenty of plenty of dues paid, and and it's good to see. And it's a tight knit family you guys have got together. How many years have you been with that group of guys? Man, I literally, it's kind of funny. I I tell people that I just celebrated my fifteenth wedding anniversary as well as my fifteenth work anniversary. So. <laughs> literally the day the day i got married was the day willie hired me so um i've been there for 15 years this year so was that something when you were growing up that you wanted to pursue or was it something that, that kind of fell in by the by happenstance or how did it come to be for you to go to work for the robertsons <laughs> no i was actually telling some kids this the other day and, and i've told several people this story but um man growing up i didn't hunt at all um at all um, didn't really, you know, my dad didn't, he didn't hunt. Um, he did when he was younger, but, uh, I think one of his, one of his childhood friends had, had died in a hunting accident. And this was back before cell phones. And my mom just couldn't bear the thought of my dad getting hurt down in the woods. And she had no idea where he was at. So he just kind of, and he had four boys and just kind of gave up hunting as far as, you know, just didn't want to, didn't want to worry my mom. He always took us fishing and everything like that, but I never really had anybody that took me hunting. And so I never really had, you know, I didn't know what I was missing. And so anyway, in, in high school, I think I had a, a, a gentleman at my church that took me deer hunting for the first time. I still remember it like it was yesterday. I went on my first hunting trip and like a day into it, I got appendicitis oh, man. and <laughs> didn't even get to go out that first morning he t- he ended up bringing me back home and had to go through that whole ordeal and so i didn't actually get to go on my first deer hunt until i was in probably late high school um went and got interested in bow hunting and literally literally bought a bow learned how to shoot it by myself nobody taught me this is before youtube or anything like that these kids are used to now and i just learned how to do it I remember I did. I, I couldn't afford a rangefinder. I don't even think we had the ability to have a rangefinder back then. This is like mid nineties, and and I'm I know there's a million bow hunters out there that might be listening to this that were like, "Well, you're an idiot," because I've been doing that forever. But <laughs> <laughs> what I would do when I would go bow hunting is I'd go scout it out beforehand the tree that I was going to be in, and I would go. I would I knew how far twenty yards was, and so I would step that off. And so then when I would go to my stand before I hunted, I would step off 20 yards and then just kind of guess like, okay, well that tree is about 20 yards. It's a little bit further than 20 yards. It's probably 30. So then when I was up in the tree, I was just guessing. I would use like trees as far as landmarks of like this, this one was 20, 20 yards. This one might be 30. And then I bet you that that first year I started bow hunting, I bet I missed seven or eight deer just because I had <laughs> I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't think about wind. I didn't think about anything. And then um, once I got into college, I kind of got some a new group of friends, and we started duck hunting quite a bit, and um, got into that real heavily, and um, ended up studying video production um, in college, and kind of fell in love with that but my the college i was going to was really trying to steer people towards doing um 
broadcast journalism, you know, type television. And I just knew I didn't want to do that with my life. I didn't want to be on the news. I didn't want to film, you know, the news is depressing. I didn't want, to, right. <laughs> I didn't want to video all that. And so I ended up, you know, watching some of these documentary videos just by chance, some of their old VHS tapes, and seeing these just grizzled old men that were just wearing out the ducks. And I looked up to them like idols. And, uh, but man, that's what I want to do one day. I want to. I want to film those videos. That would be killer. And so, long story short, I sent in an email while I was in college to Duck Commander's website, and this was back around 2004, maybe, and sent in that email, and uh, Willie happened to answer me. And what was funny was that Willie was like, man, I went to that same college you're going to. And to this day, he still says that's the only reason he answered my email. <laughs> was cause, oh, because y'all was at the same college. Because we went to the same college, yeah. So he tells me that all the time. He said, man, you wouldn't be here if you didn't go to the same college. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I, that's kind of how I got started in it all. And uh, ended up coming here for a summer internship. And at the end of that summer, Willie was like, hey, man, I'm fixing to – I'm fixing to start a new company called Buck Commander. And this was 2006 at that point. And uh, he was like, I need a camera guy for it. We've got enough camera guys for Duck Commanders. He said, I need, a, I need somebody for this Buck Commander thing I'm doing. Well, at the time, I was, I was a hardcore duck hunter, I thought I was, and really could care less about deer hunting anymore. And I remember telling my wife, I was like, man, I really don't want to film deer. I hate deer hunting. Deer hunting, to me, was always, you know, sitting in the cold, having to be quiet, can't move, and I never saw anything. And so duck hunting was opposite. You know, you're having fun with your buddies. You can shoot. You can shoot nothing. You know, I mean, it's just, it's a fun time. You can eat, you know. It's a good time. And uh, I was like, well, tell you what, this might be my ticket into Duck Commander one day if I just do this Buck Commander thing for a little while. And here we go. I'm entering my 15th year at Buck Commander. So <laughs> now, now I'd way rather film deer than ducks. So now let me ask you this: When you you first went to West Monroe and got to know Phil and Cy and Willie and Jace and all the boys, what was your first impression of them? They were exactly what I thought they would be. That that's what's funny was I, I saw them on the on the videos and, and keep in mind this is before duck dynasty and all that, but I saw them on the videos and they were just like, man, these guys are hardcore. You know, you see the scene and you see when Phil flipped the deer and yeah, that flip you know, a doe in the swamp. Things, yeah. Just these iconic scenes. And, uh, I remember that, that, that spring before I came to work here, when I went just to visit Phil, uh, and Willie that first time I brought two of my college buddies and we came and and hung out at his house and they were playing poker that night and Cy was in there just acting just how Cy does <laughs> now just being crazy telling stories and uh, then the next day we went to Phil's house and Miss Kay cooked for all of us and uh, then Phil drove me around out on his property the whole day we killed cottonmouths and beavers and all that stuff, right? I mean, the same exact stuff he has done 15 years later. He did back then. That's awesome. And I just, I, I, 
sound weird, but I fell in love with the family. I was like, man, these people are just, they're just real. You know, they're just as real as it gets. Right. And, um, yeah, I love them to death. They, they are my family now. It's, it's what's crazy is I've been here so long. Um, when we moved down here, I was away from my family in Arkansas. And I bet you that first year that we lived here, I bet I went home every weekend, me and my wife did, because all of our family was up there in Arkansas. And that, you know, that slowed down quite a bit. We quit doing it. After, and then especially once we had our first child, that really slowed down. Right. And then now, I mean, I'm not even joking. I, I consider these family, this family more, you know, more family than it, almost my family. You know, they're, they're a second family to me. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm, I kind of assumed after seeing them and we've never been fortunate enough to meet any of them, but the, the relationship that they dictate on TV from anything they've done, radio shows, podcasts, whatever it is, has always been a, a close knit, you know, group and, and they express that very well and they, you know, show what, show what family's all about. So that's, that's good to hear somebody actually say, you know, the truth is what they, what they appear to be. Oh, they're, they're as real as it gets, man. That's got to be the wildest ride of a duck hunter. And I'm not a duck hunter and, and no, no, it's nor intend to be, but I I have always wanted to hunt ducks with Phil just to sit there in that <laughs> blind and listen to him sigh, tell stories or, or any of them. I mean, Martin, those guys, they just, they've got a great personality about them and it, it is like what you said. I guess, I guess if I was growing up or, or came up a duck hunter, I wouldn't want to hunt deer either because it does get boring, especially, I guess, in Arkansas. Oh, yeah. yeah, And that's the thing, too. Like, the one thing that I will say that was a little different, that it, it wasn't what I expected, and this isn't a knock on them at all, but I was expecting because I saw those videos, I was like, man, those guys got a duck hole. Right. Like, they have got the duck hole of duck holes in Louisiana. And what I failed to realize was that, you know, they literally, to make that one-hour video that they used to make, to make that one-hour video, they hunt every day of the season. And a lot of those days, they hunt all day long. And Phil, especially in the you know, later years, he's gotten to where he's just like, well, boys, we ain't got anything else better to do. Let's just stay all day. <laughs> and so, you know, to get that video, they're having to put in some serious hours and serious work to do that that's right when honestly if they if they wanted to they could go to arkansas or missouri or some of these other states that are more well known and, and better duck hunting they could go there and wear them out and probably get an hour video in a week you know now you, and now you, and now now it's, it's just one of those things that's like they would rather you know they could go other places to have better duck hunting but they would rather just be there on their property that they work really hard on managing for the ducks and and i really respect that absolutely yeah they make their own their own path and they've done it for years you can go back to like you said the vhs tapes i remember catching those my uncle was a big duck hunter and he would you know say you ever heard of these duck men you ever heard of phil robertson i'm like no i ain't got a clue who that is he said watch this tape with me. And i watched the first one and i was like man that looks pretty fun i mean <laughs> then he shot that deer in the swamp and i was like man that looks real fun i'd love to go turn some nose for flips i mean wide open son skins it and it just topples if you ain't never seen the I've video seen that check it out. It, yeah yeah they um uh, i that uh, yeah i'd have to say that was the only thing that wasn't quite what i thought it was which like i said not a knock on them at all 
I thought their duck hunt, they, they literally, like, it actually makes me respect them even more because, quite honestly, they've got, they've got a cold, but, like, they're at the bottom of the chain as far as how the ducks come down. Right. You know, they're getting the, they're getting the, all the ducks that have been shot at already. I mean, it's really tough hunting around here. It really is. And it's not even think about ducks that. like the deer are too. I didn't think about that. I'm like I said, I'm not a duck hunter, but I didn't think about that. All those birds are traveling south, south yeah. and they are. They're getting the last pick of the litter. Oh, they're getting they're getting the what's the leftovers, you know? Yeah. yeah. And and Phil kind of preaches that now. And you know, it took me a while to figure it out. I was like, golly, yeah. I when I duck hunted in Arkansas, it was way better than this. <laughs> now you grew up. You're about to. You're in your mid thirties, right? Yeah, I'm thirty six. Yeah, so you're about the same age as us. You came up with all the same faces in the in the industry and and oh yeah, the faces of some of the sports people that you've been fortunate enough to hunt with at uh, at Buck Commander. And when Willie first started spinning this to you, what kind of surreal experience was you to you know when he got to naming names that was going to be in it with you? You're going to laugh at this, but whenever whenever Willie, I was not a baseball fan. I hated baseball. I was a big soccer player. I need some football people and all that, and and it's probably an answer you wanted for the question, but it's really funny. No, it's the truth. Is, That's what I want. I when, want to know what you really thought. So, no, when 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 Willie said, "Hey, I need you to go on a hunt with Chipper Jones and film him," I think we we're going to Mississippi. I was like, "Who's Chipper Jones?" <laughs> and he he was like, "Are you serious?" And I was like, "No, I have no idea who he is." And it actually probably kind of worked out because I had, I had zero reason to fangirl the guy. Like I really didn't. Like it was, he was just another dude to me. And I, I, you know, Tipper's, you know, he's no longer part of Buck Commander. He's part of the early years, but he's still one of my great friends and great friends of Buck Commander. And, and we see each other pretty much once a year. And um, I had, I've had a lot of good times with that dude in the sand and filmed some awesome stuff with him and actually he was probably one of the biggest one of my biggest uh mentors as far as the deer hunting world like just i learned a lot from him well so, he's he's done it for a long time and anybody who's a fan of from atlanta area oh, baseball or not you know of course knows who chipper is and he he lives 25 minutes from where we're at here now and you know we run into him in town around the bow shops and stuff that we're we're associated with but it's it's got to th- that was something i wanted to hear you talk about was those opportunities to meet the people and you can get in the, oh, hunt with the guys that you have it's got to be surreal no it is it is and like i think what i figured out though and and a lot of these people that like you look back on it now we're like luke bryan That's even good. jason out in a little bit but luke bryan whenever i first met him I'm not going to say he was a nobody, but he was playing in like little honky tonks that were like. We was, watching, we was watching him play like that back in the day. We was going to those concerts. Yeah. So like Luke was, was really just not that, I mean, not a huge deal yet. And what I really like is that I got to kind of watch the guy blow up, you know? Right. And what's funny about it is that he stayed the same, like literally the same guy. Um, it's amazing. Like you still go hang out with him. He's still country as anybody else I've ever met. And he may have a lot more money now, but he's still country, you know? 
and excited and, uh, about a deer. Have you? And, that's got oh, that have Joker gets tore up when he shoots you, a deer. I, I've you, still got I've still got bruises from about five six years ago when he beat the snot out of my knuckles. Okay. Oh, was that, <laughs> oh, that was you. Was you filming that hunt? Well, there's there's a couple different ones. There's one um, the one that always goes around social media where he's like shaking. No, that's not that's not you, he wasn't on that one. The one that he's talking about, he should, I remember it, and he punches his knuckles. I mean, just wears him out like Tyson in a in a ten round battle. Bow, 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 bow. I mean, he beats a he fire killed, out of killed, you. Killed this big seven point here one time in Louisiana, and I think at the time that was his biggest buck he'd ever shot, and. It, it, it was a, it was a, there was a reason to get excited about it because we called the deer in from about 700 yards away, rattled him in, watched him come all the way down the pipeline. It was a really cool hunt. And, uh, yeah, once he, once he made that shot, I mean, he went, he about fell out of the sand. He was just going so ballistic. Yeah, that one Nick's talking about is that, is he down? Is he down? Uh, is he down? Yeah, is he down? Yeah, that was Hunter Joe's. He filmed that one. It was up in Illinois, I think. Yep, that was Illinois. Yeah, I remember watching that. We've we've got a buddy of ours that reminds us of that, Noel Fowler. And he, yeah. and we've put, sent that to him. I don't know how many. Is he down? Is he down? <laughs> well, I tell you what. You just said something too that I'll I'll say quickly is when Willie when when Willie I don't want to say when he was designing Buck Commander, but when he was trying to come up with who are, who is Buck Commander? What what are we? How do we how do we fit into this world of other TV shows? Right. Um, and what makes us different from everybody else? One thing that he really wanted to get across was that all of our guys, even though several of them have a really big name and are very famous, he wanted the viewer to be able to watch the, the show or the v- DVD and be able to go, man, I, we got a guy just like Luke Bryan in our camp. We got a guy just like Tomo that shoots everything. We got a guy like Willie that sleeps in every morning, never hunts the morning, you know. We wanted that. That's what Willie wanted. He wanted just normal guys to be able to watch our show and identify with all the characters in some way, and say that's just like our deer camp. Make it relatable. And so that was that was one of the things that we were really going for, and I think it's come across. You know, you we you obviously are going to have haters and stuff like that, and that's fine. That's but right. I, if you're not if you're not doing something right, you know, or if you don't have haters, you're not doing something right. That's right. So. You know, and we kind of, when it comes to that stuff, we don't really, we don't really come back with anything. We're like, hey, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. That's right. You know, well, so. there's there's a saying we've said several times: first they're going to hate you, then they're going to watch you, and then they're going to copy you. And you can oh, see that right. in anything that gets done in the outdoor industry. You got people that'll bash yeah. it, bash it, bash it. I look at, I'll tell you this: I've seen it with crossbows. People hate crossbow hunters. They don't want to see, you know, and then. They're like, well, you know, this guy was able to go hunting again because he can use a, a crossbow. He can't pull a compound back anymore. And, oh, then it's, let me watch this. And then next thing you know, the guy's got a crossbow and he's using it. It's after he was bashing it, you know, before. Oh, that's right. That's right. We're all for any legal means of hunting you can do. Ducks, turkeys, uh, <laughs> deer, whatever. If you could kill it legally, burn the barrel down. That, that's what I'm talking about. We got enough people trying to take it all away for good. Let's all work together and, and keeping together what we have. Well, you've been in the hunting industry long enough, and, and you know, as, as a fan, you know, for us, we've seen a lot of changes. But on your side, what's one of the biggest changes you've seen with all the social media and stuff that's came out? Golly, man, it, it, it is nuts when I tell you how much 
social media has changed the actual industry, um, just the industry. And, and honestly, like we, we just moved to YouTube uh, last year. I think this is our third year, second, third year on YouTube. And we moved our show off the Outdoor Channel. And, that's, and the Outdoor Channel days were great. But um, one of the reasons that we did that is that we wanted to be everywhere. And it, it, it's kind of like um, Grant Taylor, our, my, our, our general manager, one of my bosses, um, he puts it this way. He says, you know, when, when you're on Outdoor Channel, you're kind of getting a, a certain audience, and that's what you're getting. You're getting, a, you're getting just a certain amount of people. And it's honestly like Jason Aldean going into a, you know, a high school auditorium and playing for that amount of people when he could go to a football stadium and play for way more. Right. And that's kind of what YouTube is to us is, man, why do we want to, why do we want to bottleneck ourselves down into just this small audience when we can get eyeballs from all over the world through YouTube? Now, when and, the, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. I was just going to say with YouTube and the the Facebooks and everything else with the censorship, did y'all have any flack or have y'all got any kickback from that? So as far as I'll tell you, honestly, Facebook, yes. Uh, YouTube, no. Um, we haven't had any problems with YouTube. Not saying that that's not going to happen one day. Right. But as far as our show, we've gotten zero on YouTube. Facebook, yes. Facebook, and honestly, Facebook really the last like year and a half, two years is is started to, you know, we see, um, I mean, you, know, they, they, you can tell, Yeah, you we, know, we say anytime um, that you mention God guns or hunting, you're going to have negativity come up on Facebook and it's going to be shadow. Oh, and it's like they listen for those key words. If you mention the good Lord and, and we can see it, I, you could have somebody mention, you know, going out on a binge drinking party for three weeks and they'll post every video on there. They'll have a hundred thousand views but you post one thing about a guy taking his son deer hunting or thanking God for something he was blessed with, and that will get less views. And it's like it's shadow banned. It's sad. It's it, it's unbelievable. And and to your point or to your question earlier too is, is social media has changed how the hunting industry is, and um, it's no secret. I mean, in order for in order for shows like Buck Commander and Heartland Bow Hunter and Bone Collector and Lee and Tiffany and uh, Real Tree Outdoors, you know, for all these shows to work, they have to make something, right? You have to have a way to pay for it, right? Right. right. Guys like me, I mean, the reason that I get a paycheck is because of sponsors, That's and right. so it, it, there's no secret behind it at all. Now, <clears throat> what's funny is my job actually has shifted in the last four years. Um, to where I don't do near as much. That's why I wanted to give credit to a lot of these other guys because my job has shifted from editing really to now I, I, I am the social media manager for Buck Commander. And so I'm in charge of making sure we have deliverables from sponsors that get taken care of. Um, I'm in charge of just making sure our posts go live and, and just creating content for our social media. Now, I still do some editing here and there, and, and I definitely shoot the show and all that along with the other guys. But we, we kind of got to the point where a lot of our sponsors really could care less about what they were seeing on our outdoor channel show as far as in-show products and commercials and stuff like that. And they wanted to see more stuff on social media. They were paying for social media. Right. And 
So that's why my job shifted to that was to kind of make sure that that gets handled and make sure we do a good job for them. Um, so anyway, yeah, so, and, and that's what I'm saying. Social media has changed the game because, I mean, seriously, like 2012, we didn't have anybody that – I mean, I, I can go back and look at our Instagram thing. We didn't have anybody that needed to, needed a tag on Instagram. You know, we didn't have Under Armour going, hey, make sure you tag us in your post. Nobody cared about that. It, social media was totally different. It was literally just a place like a bragging board. You would just post whenever you killed a big deer, and that was it. That's right. And so now it's kind of gotten commercialized, and and that's where your sponsors now want you to really, hey, you know, if you're using our stuff, we'd like to see it. And, and everything's turned into a now, now, now. I was I was in church the other day, and one of the things that we were talking about is the now generation. Yeah. Um, and, and the now generation, what's going on right now? The millennials and Gen Z, they said the average attention span of Gen Z right now is eight seconds. Eight T- seconds. Thank you, TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> so, I've shifted that. And we talk about that a lot on here in how you get how you grab that attention span in those first few seconds of a show opening or you know, that's one thing we worked on with when we were opening our show with that music that we use. We didn't want something, you know, monotonous and low. Of course, we listened to everything under the sun music-wise, but we wanted something that, bam, it catches your attention. Whoa, what's fixing to happen right here? Like you said, Nick, Shawn Michaels Absolutely. and DX are fixing to blow the smoke <laughs> and hit that's the stage. Right. No, that's a, that's a good way of putting it right there. It's the, it's the old wrestling thing, it's Stone Cold. Glass breaking. Oh no, something's fixing to happen. <laughs> Somebody's know? fixing to get whooped. <laughs> and, oh, uh, I mean, that's that's how it is. You know, if you got eight seconds to get somebody's attention, you know, we're looking at that on our social media. We're looking at it on our YouTube videos. Like, hey, if you look at Instagram, everybody's doing it. You know, Instagram's got this real thing out. Yep. TikTok. Yep. You got Facebook. You know, everybody's wanting to do something like this little short stuff. Like, I'm not even joking. You can just go ahead and write this down that within a year or two, we're going to be, there's going to be shows that are doing a whole episode in 15 seconds. And that's, and that's, that's what it is. (laughs) I'm not even joking. Like it's going to get, it's going to get like that. And the other thing too, I'll tell you is like with the way technology is going with cameras and GoPros and everything like that. Um, not to scare anybody that may want to pursue a career like I have, uh, being a camera guy, but now it's becoming where you don't need to go to college to learn to run a camera. You can literally do it from a YouTube video, and it's not even a camera now. Like These iPhones are becoming so advanced that, I don't want to say this, but like putting people like me out of a job, you right, know? Right. And so to where you don't even need to be a camera guy anymore. It's just like, hey, you don't need the full story anymore. People just want the they just want the highlights of it. They yeah. want the highlights of it. Which yeah. is really funny because one thing I will tell you real quick is that when Willie so when Willie and I sat down and he said he I mean he already saw it. He already saw it fifteen years ago. And he said, Hey, the way I want the Buck Banner videos to be is I want them to be action packed and I want them to be very fast paced. He said, Jordan I want you to think of it as an ESPN top 10 when you do, when you watch Buck Commander. I don't want the long drawn out, you know, history with the deer. I want 
you know, bing, bang, bong. I want, I want every, I, just give me the nitty gritty. Give me the, give me the action packed stuff. And that's what we try to do on those DVDs. And then once we went to, uh, Outdoor Channel, we kind of had to change our ways a little bit because you, instead of making a, a you know, like Adam LaRoche taking a season to kill a deer, instead of turning that into three minutes, now I've got to turn it into 30, the whole story of it. Right. And so, we kind of had to go back to the way we didn't want to be and to where it literally has gone back to that on YouTube now to where we're, we're, you know, some of the stuff we try to tell a story, but now we're just getting back to that action pack stuff. So it's, it's crazy to see Willie saw it. He saw it in the beginning and he, he may have not known exactly the direction that, you know, of course social media wasn't around and all that, but, it's literally like what he was saying. Like now people are just wanting the top 10 ESPN type videos. That's what they want to watch when they watch a hunting show. Now I wonder why that has changed so much. I mean, I'm guilty of I, it. I mean, I, I, you know, I look at my son say I got a 12 year old and a uh, six year old and my 12 year old, he has really, really gotten into, he's, he's been turkey hunting with me for a while now, but, he is just recently, like the last two years, and I guess because he's kind of hitting that, that age of trying to figure out who he is, but he's really gotten into wanting to fish and wanting to, to deer hunt and bow hunt and just kind of learn things on his own. And so now he'll tell me about watching Hunting Public and um, the Guggen Squad and all these videos that I'm like, man, and, and shout out to the Hunting Public guys because those guys got it figured out, man. They are doing a great job. Yep. And, and, you know, that I nothing but respect to those guys. I'm hoping one day I can do a little hunting with them. They're they're great to, and the Penhody, love all that stuff. Like literally look up to that so much. And uh anyway, it's just crazy how everything's changing and evolving and I don't I, I mean I even ha- I hate to say what it will be in two year two two to five years because I don't know. I mean it's probably gonna be something that just blow my mind if I even knew what it could be right now. Well, the shift has went from your production quality 30-minute episode that's on TV to now where a guy can jump on YouTube if he's got 15 minutes downtime at work, speed through an episode of whatever may be on there, and catch those action-packed moments that are put out by guys like the hunting public. Dave Owens is doing a great job on the turkey hunting side and putting that stuff out. And it's painting the real picture, but... As a consumer, on my side of it, if I see a moment in a video that's short, that catches my attention, like a clip, you drop a clip on Instagram, on Reels, on Facebook, whatever it is, I want to find out the backstory behind it as a consumer, not not a fan. I want to know yeah. why, not necessarily a turkey hunter myself, but Dave paints a picture in those little clips that give you a tidbit of information that... This is a good episode. I need to catch this. Mm-hmm. Or Chipper's talking about it or Adam or anybody, you know, the, the guys that you work with, y'all get those little teasers, and those little teasers are the key thing to catch the attention of somebody our age demographic anyway, I feel. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm with you, and I'm, I'm right there. I like the story, and I like all that all that stuff. And that's what I'm saying. It's like YouTube, I, I need to go back a little bit. What I'm kind of talking about is this action-packed stuff really more, involved the social media side like right. oh yeah absolutely and, and and then like the big backstory and we 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 still do that we kind of cater that to youtube so like youtube episodes i may have 
it may be this whole story about how Adam LaRoche kills this 200-inch deer, and then we put the same thing on Instagram, and we knock it down to just the action pack, you know, here he comes, he shoots him in a quick recovery. You know, just a, and you're kind of like, oh, well. And, and honestly, what we do, um, not to give any of our secrets away, but <laughs> uh, we kind of use Instagram now just really a way to promote our YouTube show. Um, yeah. As far as the clips and stuff, because the, the best thing to do is you get the, you get the action pack thing on Instagram, and then, hey, if you want to watch the full story, go check it out on our YouTube. Oh, what a, the one of the funniest moments I've I've watched on any of y'all shows over the years is when y'all played the trip on on Ryan with the deer that I guess y'all had found dead at, at uh, Adam's place. Y'all had found it, he yeah. killed it, and y'all played that. Y'all, Tombo, I think, is the one that took the deer out there and took a picture of it in the in the camera in the trail camera. They'd got it mounted already. And they take it out yeah. and they post it up right at daylight. And he shoots a tree, no. thinking it's a deer. Does he not? Oh, did yeah. that really happen? Did that really happen no, like that, Jordan? It. I promise you, it did because guys, I didn't think that Langy is a really, really savvy hunter and, and a like. If I had to pick somebody in Buckmare as one of the smartest people, it's Langy, like one hundred percent, and really good hunter. And and he just he shot the biggest deer that we've ever shot at the E three. And just got unfortunate and, and hit him a little low and um, trailed the deer, I think, for I think for a day before he lost blood. Yep. And ended up, you know, not finding him. And anyway, he had to get out of there. I forgot he had a trip or something he had to go on. But Rusty just kept looking, kept looking. And they found the deer. Um, and, and they ended up, you know, deciding to play a big prank on Lange and uh, <laughs> made him think that the deer was still alive they went and got it like speed 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 are done taxidermy wise they did it was quick oh it was quick turnaround like it was i mean we got it done like two weeks um (laughs) we we got got it all mounted up and then put it on the decoy and then uh we had our group hunt coming later and so langy's still thinking you know hey this deer's still alive because we showed him some trail pictures of it in front of a trail camera (laughs) And we put we and we did pretty good because we took like the deer mount and we put it really close to that to the trail camera made it look like he was sniffing the camera stuff like that where you could just see little details of the storm. Yep. Because yep. this deer was very very I mean it was it was unmistakable when you saw this deer who he was, and so Langy's like oh my gosh that's that's Junior, and uh, he is alive you know and so we told him that we had a spot that he was coming to pretty often and um you know he's hurt still but we need to we need to kill him he, he's not leaving his bedding very far and anyway langy goes in that morning and unbeknownst to him we we took the, the deer uh shoulder mount and uh, put it on a dave smith decoy <laughs> and put it like i don't know 30 40 yards kind of back in some brush in the woods before he got there that morning he got in nice and early and the whole trick was was like if we let it get too much light then, you know, he's going to realize that right, it's, it's a decoy, a, you know, that it's fake. So, literally, like, right at legal time, <laughs> the camera guy that was filming was like, Langy, big buck, big buck, right behind. <laughs> <laughs> he shoots, and the best, part, the best part is, is that the way we had the deer, we were trying to hide the, the crease from where the, where the mount met the Dave Smith decoy. So, we put it, like, kind of right behind a tree, that crease. 
And so it was like a really, really tough shot. Like Langy was like, man, I don't know if I can sneak it in there. <laughs> and the camera guy just, it, it was Mikey, you know, he, and Mikey's so professional. He was, he was trying to rush like, you got to get an arrow in him. Just get one in him. Just get one in him. <laughs> and so Langy shoots and Langy hit, hit the tree. <laughs> it does. Is that arrow still in that tree? Did y'all leave it there? So, literally, like if you go hunting that stand tomorrow, the arrow is still in the tree. <laughs> so it's, we left it in there as a just a just a memory. So anyway, yeah, it. that was a really that was a really good prank. A lot of lot of moving puzzle pieces in order to make that happen. <laughs> there ain't there ain't they're the only one that tops that's when y'all sick the game warden on Luke Bryan. Oh man. He forgot his license <laughs> and everything. That was it. They hit his wallet, didn't oh. y'all? I mean it was bad. Oh that, and that, that game warden, he's a good friend of ours and, and uh Luke had never met him and Wait, the rest of us have. I don't know how Luke never met him, but that's the way that one shook out. Was he was waiting on Luke at the gate, like he does every once in a while for just checking people coming in and out of the property. And uh, anyway, Luke just happened to be having to be the right place, right time for us, and he got popped. And that was it. it worked out great because he uh, he was accused of not having his license with him. Which you know you got to have that with you, but his cameraman had it the whole time, and so <laughs> anyway, he Luke's looking everywhere for his license and comes back to the camp looking for his license and trying to find Grant to find my license. I know I bought one. Like where's it at? You know, and uh, nobody was able to help him. And uh, anyway, we ended up you know surprising him, and that worked out wonderfully. Well, and those those moments like that are what paint the picture of what you guys really are and what y'all try to do. And you make it as Thank you. you know, per picture perfect for being in deer camp with, you know, just your buddies. I mean, it's we've sat around and probably told some of the same stories you guys have and y'all been able to capture on on camera there and that's that's the opportunity that y'all are y'all are blessed with and it's a, it's a blessing to be able to watch you guys and some of the things y'all do y'all definitely paint a perfect picture there so that's well we appreciate it we we try to have a good time i don't know that i've ever been in a deer camp with these guys and gone at the end of it and gone man that just really wasn't fun yeah <laughs> I, I mean we may have not killed we may there's been lots of trips that i've been on that we did not kill a deer but I have, I've always had fun. There's always been some kind of memory pulled out of every trip I've been on with those guys. So they always seem to make it a good time. They're all great. You know, I work for all of them. You know, uh, that's the thing with Buck Commander. A lot of people don't realize that as they think, well, they just got these famous people to be on their show, and that's not it at all. These guys literally own the company. Right. Um, so they have invested interest in making sure that it, it goes well and, and – and that we do well and, and, and all of that. So, uh, they, they, it's a, it's a part of their life. It's not just a TV show that they happen to be on. Well, let's spin back to the social media thing for a minute. And sure. one thing I want to mention that, you know, kind of comes from it 10 years ago, this opportunity that's been, you know, uh, gifted to us tonight to speak with you would have never been able to be done in the way it's been done and nick i want you to kind of tell the story about what happened and how you how you came upon mr jordan summit well you'll have to forgive me jordan because uh as these boys have already been talking i'm, I'm not a big tv guy i don't watch a whole lot of tv i mean i've seen bits and pieces of certain things but so i have tv either so don't worry about it <laughs> so I, I never watched a whole lot of the uh buck commander you know i bits and pieces here and there but anyways getting to what alex said 
so I put this Facebook post on this turkey hunting page um, before I headed out to South Dakota. And I might have told this story before on here. I don't remember. But I put this Facebook post on there, and this one guy kept commenting. And, um, and there was a couple other people, and I thought, man, this guy really knows turkey hunting, you know. So I sent him a private message and said, hey, do you mind if I give you a call? I'd like to pick your brain a little bit about South Dakota because I'm going to hunt public land blind as a bat. So he said, sure, man, Send me, sends me his number. I call him. We, I don't know how long we talked, Jordan, maybe 15 minutes. You're, and, and, yeah. I, and I made it, I made it plainly clear. Hey, I'm not calling you to ask you for hunting directions. I'm not asking you for your spots. I, I basically just said, you know, a roundabout area, which way did you guys go? And what was the turkeys doing? And, <clears throat> and we talked on for a little bit still at this time. I don't know if you know this or not, but I had no idea who you was, Jordan. <laughs> Oh, and, don't, I, don't blame you. And a few times that you had mentioned, you know, hey, I moved from Louisiana down and started working for Duck Commander. And I was like, oh, okay. And then you were like, you do know who Duck Commander is. <laughs> and I don't know if you just thought I was an idiot. But, you know, I didn't want to bait into and get on that tangent because I was talking turkeys, you know, and, and that's all that really mattered. But what Alex is getting to the point of, I get off the phone because I had asked you, hey, do you want to do a podcast? He said, yeah, yeah, I've done, I've done a few. And you kind of sniggered. And uh, it's uh, the still at the whole time. I'm not thinking nothing. <laughs> All I'm thinking was this: this guy works for Duck Commander, you know. So I call Alex and tell him, and I was like, I just got off the phone. Somebody works for Duck Commander, and uh, he was talking to me about turkey hunting, blah blah blah, and said he'd do a podcast. And Alex said, "Who was it?" And I said, "Jordan Summit." He's like, "The cameraman, Jordan Summit." I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> I was like, "We're just talking turkey hunting." <laughs> and, oh, I knew exactly who yeah. he was. I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute, hold on a minute now." <laughs> You're going to need to remember that name because that was going to be a good podcast for our future for sure. But don't, I mean, it ain't, you know, I just don't want, I'm not a whole lot of TV person or something like that. So nothing against you. I mean, I enjoy doing these podcasts and I enjoy the outdoors as much as anybody, but, um, but you, you, you never made it seem the weird or anything weird or platform your own. You just, I just, I could just tell by the way you were commenting, you were well educated in turkey hunting. And, and, and I felt like I wanted to talk to you too, try to get some information out of it. Well, and going into that, you know, Jordan, you weren't a turkey hunter coming up either. What take us in? Yeah. Cause, that I was, segue. I was, yeah, cause you never, you never said about when you're going to start, when you started turkey hunting. No. Um, which is funny because when Willie sat me down and told me about buck commander, right at that point, he only had duck commander. Okay. That was the only thing that they had done. And he said, man, I envision this thing. I mean, this was in 2006. But you had he not, said, I, sorry real quick, you hadn't turkey hunted prior to that, correct? No, not at all. Okay. He said, I have envisioned this thing to one day being a huge company where we've got, you know, duck commander, turkey commander, fish commander. You know, he starts naming all these commanders. And I was just kind of like, yeah, that's big dreams, man, which, which <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever. But um, what's funny about the turkey hunting, if you want me to get into that. Yes, sir. No, I was not a turkey hunter at all, like zero. Um, and I was invited, me and Jeff, Willie's little brother. Um, this is like year one of Buckman, maybe year two. Um, we had this this camera guy that, uh, that worked for Buck Commander on the side. His name was Bo Dotley, and he was a big turkey hunter. And Bo... Uh, invited Jeff and myself on a turkey hunt in Arkansas. And we went, it was like a weekend trip. And I remember 
I remember, and keep in mind, I didn't know anything about turkeys. So he's like, hey, man, I got this bird roosted. I know exactly what tree's in. You know, we're going to slip in underneath him in the morning and kill him. And, you know, I don't know. I'm like, okay, cool. I, I don't know how this works, but whatever. Cool. <laughs> so, so anyway, we do that and um, go out that next morning. And I remember we're walking in the dark and we're kind of walking up this hill. And it's getting kind of daybreak. Um, now looking back at it, we had no business walking at that time of the day. It was, it was, we should have just been sitting still cause we, we got out late basically. And, uh, <laughs> I remember, I remember this loud crashing noise coming out of a tree and then I hear wings flying away. And then Bo Dotley is just, I mean, going bananas, just hollering and like, no, it's over. We're never going to see that bird again. And I'm like, well, he just flew over there. Like, let's go kill him over there. Like, <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, like, oh, what's the big deal, man? Like, he flew over there. He's like, no, you don't understand. It's over. Like, he is gone. And I'm like, okay, whatever. We didn't end up getting on any birds, but that was my first turkey hunting experience. And then, um, <laughs> and then I, I went with my buddy, Mike Miller, um, a couple times. And then Matt Duff, actually, he, he took me on my very first, like, trip to texas and i remember like if you've ever been to texas it's i mean it's they, they're very vocal there so we we were hunting uh, hit me him and his daddy were under one big cedar tree in the hill country of texas and we had like eight or nine gobblers come out and matt let me shoot one and i shot the back one and matt was like oh you missed him and i'm like no i didn't he's laying right there He's like, oh, shoot, I was on the wrong one. He was videoing the wrong one. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, that was my first turkey kill. And when that, that honestly, like, hooked me. I, I went out that next day by myself, and I knew nothing about turkey calling, but his daddy gave me a call and taught me how to run it. And I was just playing with it, trying to, you know, learn. And I chased turkeys around, spooked turkeys left and right that was that, the next day or two. Um, but I was ate up with it. Like, I was like, man, I really want to get into it. This is fun. And, uh, and then I started going with Mikey and, um, a good friend of mine, Lyle Finke. Um, and really, really, I would say I can, I can, I can say most of my success and everything I've learned came from two guys as far as in the turkey hunting world. That's Mike Miller and Lyle Finke. Um, and granted, I taught myself a lot from a lot of really bad experiences and just mess up. But I, whenever I went with either one of those two guys, I really, really tried to pay attention to what they were doing. And honestly, those two guys have two totally different styles of turkey hunting. But just their woodsmanship and their ability to get in on birds uh, was like none of, no, nobody I've ever met before. Um, and so I, I really attribute most of my, most of my turkey hunting knowledge and, and just being successful now to those two guys and honestly um you know we just had this hunting camp um for kids and I, I told the kids I said you know nobody taught me how to do anything really that I know how to do now I mean I, I watched and I learned from people they taught me how to call and taught me how to do this and that I said but a lot of it I did do on my own I said but what my job is now is is I feel like I want to pay it forward Guys like Mikey and Lyle, 
they they paved the way for me to be able to learn as much as I have. And now I just want to give it back. And so I love taking people that have never gone before. I love teaching people that have never learned anything about turkey hunting. My son, like that, that is probably the one thing that me and my son do together all the time, every year. Like if we don't do anything else, we turkey hunt together and I'll, I'll make sure that the rest of my life, you know? Right. Um, and we bond over that more than anything else. And, and, um, which I've got story after story with him. He's, he's becoming a pretty salty little hunter himself. So, um, we've, we've had good times and I just appreciate the people that have taught me what I know. And, and I want to be able to give it back to those who don't know. So have you started doing any competition calling yet? No, not at all, man. I, and I'm not really, I would say when it comes to mouth calls, I'm still like, I'm still learning every day. Um, I can blow a mouth call. I mean, I'm, I'm a meat hunter, you know, I'm blowing them to, to kill them. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I, would I like to do it one day? Absolutely. Um, we, we have our own call line now, you know, struck has got our own calls to help design some of the calls. Heck, I helped cut a lot of the calls and, um, you know, I want to see that expand and, you know, I, 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 really really enjoy the calling side of things that, that's what i was telling this kid the other day is that something about turkey hunting that's a little different than deer hunting for me is is just the communication between you and the animal yeah you know that's what it's all about is the communication between you two and having to talk to each other and make him think that you're something else you know that's really really cool to me what's it like hunting with mike miller oh man i get that a lot too and it doesn't bother me at all it's a lot of people are like, well, man, because I get a lot of questions about Mikey. Mikey, you know, his nickname is Mike Miller, the turkey killer, and that's exactly what he is. I, I would tell you that I could drop him off anywhere in this country and tell him, hey, I'm not picking you up till you kill a turkey. And I promise you I'll be picking him up within a couple hours. I mean, that dude is a killer. He's a and, competition and what, call, uh, caller too, correct? Winner? Yeah, yeah, he did some competition calling way back in the day, and – um, just an exceptional caller. Like he, he actually, like when I listen to him, I, I can tell him apart. Like if you were to line up 50 callers, seriously, if you were to line up 50 callers and me blindfold me and I would be able to pick out Mikey within seconds. Um, he just, he sounds like a mutant Turkey is what I tell everybody. Like it's, it's some, but it drives them nuts. Like it, it's not even quite like a hen. Like it's just a, it's a it's a very very different sounding hen, is what he sounds like, and and it literally it just drives him nuts. And he I don't know, and, and this may be my fault, but you know, in learning turkey calling, I'm trying to learn from him, right? So a lot of his influence is rubbing off on me. Well, the dude's got lungs that no man on this earth has. Like he he I mean he can. I can't remember how many yelps did he do in a row one time? It was like 68 yelps in a row. One time we were just <laughs> without a breath. Wow. It was something stupid. And, and anyway, the guy can call like nobody else. And, and I've learned from him and, and I'm no, by no means as good as he is. I, I, I can do enough to kill him and, and all that. But Mikey, he's just, he's unbelievable, man. He's, he's really, really good. Have you completed your slam and, for and us yet? What's that? Have you completed the U.S. Slam? I have. Yeah. I have. I've done that twice. 
Nice. Any with so a bow yet? Time, no, no, that's a whole different thing. I'm I, and not a knock on any bow hunters out there. I'm just, I'm a firm believer a turkey should be killed with a shotgun. But <laughs> you know what? I will, I, you know, I'll, I'll do one with a bow one day. I just haven't. Um, it, for some reason, and like I said, I'm sure some people listening will be like, man, yeah, you don't know nothing until you've done it with a bow. I guess I just don't like to what I've seen a lot of on television is sitting still and shooting them like I do deer. I'm like, man, I deer hunt all fall. I don't deer hunt turkeys at all. Like if I want, if I learn one thing from Mikey, if they, if I'm very impatient. And so if they're not doing what we want, we go to them. That's right. And, and that's every time. I mean, so sitting there waiting on them with a bow, if I can go run and gun and shoot one with a bow, I absolutely love to do that. But, um, for some reason, I just love blowing their heads off. It's just, so have, have you switched to the 20 gauges yet or are you still using the 12 i'm a i've been a 20 gauge man for about four years now okay um mainly because i i don't i you know i've shot i shot tss last year just to, uh one of our partners heavy shot came out with some tss and i asked us to, to use it and try it and I, I did i really liked it it's great um to be honest with you the mag blend works exceptional for me but I, I did the 20 gauge just because I didn't want to carry a big heavy gun. And, uh, I'm a, I'm a short guy anyway. If you've ever met me, I'm five foot four. I'm not a big dude. And my son who's 12 is almost as tall as me now. So about four years ago, I bought a Benelli N2, uh, 20 gauge youth model. And I bought it with the full intention of it being a gun for my son. Well, I got to shoot it that year because at the time he was so he he was just too little to use it, um, you know, without me having to help hold it up and whatnot for him. Um, I used it. and I was like, man, this thing this thing works great for me. I mean, youth model is still awesome. And now, basically, we share that gun. I've 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 killed I don't know how many turkeys with it. Plenty, too many. Yeah. Way way more. Way more than than I have with my twelve gauge. I'll say that. Jordan, have you ever ran into uh, that hunter guy that hunts with Dave sometimes from Louisiana? No, I haven't. I didn't know if you guys I ever did. hooked up and hunted yet. Is that the the closest I ever been to Dave, and I'd love to meet him one day. Um, I, I meant to find him at, at the last NWTF show, but I couldn't find him. But he he won't know who I am. But um, I did I did guide like his cousin in law this last year on a veteran hunt and it, i know that sounds weird i think it was his cousin-in-law anyway <laughs> i we did this veteran hunt every year at roaching and the guy that that drew me as the guide um he had never killed a turkey before he'd never killed a turkey before and you know he was kind of kind of like y'all he's asked me a bunch of questions and just trying to get you know a little backstory and whatnot why i like turkey hunting and I was kind of filling him in on, you know, how we're, how it's going to go in the morning and make sure you stay behind me and, you know, just kind of get laying it all out so that we were on the same page. And, uh, he said, man, he goes, uh, have you ever heard of Dave Owens? And I was like, absolutely. Penhody project. And he's like, that's my cousin-in-law. And, and forgive me if I'm wrong on that. I, I think that's what he said. Cousin-in-law. He was related to him distantly somehow, but, but on, on a close enough basis that he could like text him or whatnot. And so, anyway, the dude ends up killing the biggest spurred turkey I think that we've ever killed at E3. He killed one. Um, one spur was an inch and five-eighths. 
and the other one was an inch and seven eighths. Just a huge bird. Wow. And uh, anyway, I told him, I said, then that's old Dave. <laughs> See what he says about that. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, I don't know if he ever did or not, but we had um, we had would, Dave back I, on. He was back on one of our earlier episodes, and we just had a uh, his girlfriend Courtney on. Uh, what like three episodes ago, four episodes ago? Yeah, and um, that was really yeah, good I, too. I, I actually listened to that today. Yeah, that was that was that was, a, that was a good one. Well, and Dave's been somebody that's been probably one of our best best people to have on, not only because of the show that we did with him, but the the amazing opportunity it gave us with the KT team. Um, have you heard of the KT team, Jordan? I haven't. Fill so, me in. So the KT team is a group of uh, guys. It was actually founded by Jason Beard. Is a quad, he's a quadriplegic, and uh, Kerry Terrell, he's a world champion turkey caller. He's won, what, seven? Seven world, Grand Nationals. Seven Grand Nationals. And, uh, oh, wow. Kerry and Jason started a foundation here in Georgia that would take quadriplegic and uh, uh, terminally, Ill, terminally kids. Ill kids and, and others – that were less fortunate in their lives. Have you? Sorry, Alex. Have you seen that episode where uh, Dave takes that little girl Mackenzie hunting? Oh yeah, yeah. That's it. That's at the KT team. That's what that is. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah okay. we're, we're, you know, have you seen the one where Matt Van Sox calls up that turkey and that guy in the wheelchair that's, kills it? Heck yeah! Yeah. That's that's, that. that's Jason Beard. Okay. Cool. Yep, yep. Cool. All right. Now I got you. Yep. They founded it down, and we actually did a, a fundraiser event for them through the podcast, which opened up the opportunity to, for us to do a lot with them in the future and something that we've been very fortunate and blessed to be a part of. We went down and did a – if you want to hear a good episode, go back and hear oh, the God. one that, that we did with those guys live at their their uh, their headquarters. It's called the Gin House. It's an old house that they – it's off Gin House Road in uh, Sylvania, Georgia. And they okay. we did an episode with them, and Mr. Bobby, he – he talks, tells he was, a story about a, a turkey, uh, and you'll just have to listen to it. I yeah, it was it was the grand finale. If you if you'll go back on our Instagram page too, and you can see Mister Bobby to see you know how he acts, man, it's 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 amazing. It was a good opportunity for us. Well, Jordan, you know we're kind of we're kind of getting down to the to the end of it here, and um, I'll tell you, man, like I said early on, it's been a been a pleasure to have you on. Exactly what I imagined it would be. And we we definitely appreciate you taking your time. But before before we start winding it up, Nick, he's got a couple of questions that he always pops in here at the end of the show, and and I want to let him hit you with them real quick if you if you don't mind. Let's say y'all keep me on too long. You're gonna have to do part two. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we're gonna have to wrap it up, man. We're gonna we're gonna have to get home or get to bed. But um, hey, real quick, if you did listen to Courtney's episode, if you listened all the way through, you know I kind of ask these questions, and I ask these to almost everyone. But um. Give us a piece of advice, Jordan, that you that you take with you every day out in the outdoors. I told these to some kids the other day at our sportsman camp. I told them that every time I go out, and I figured this out about six or seven years ago. It's funny, but um, kind of got through my thick skull. That every time I go out now, I try to learn something new. Every time, every day, every hunt, I try to learn something new, and. Whether that be about what I'm hunting, the area I'm hunting in, who I'm hunting with, I always try to learn something. And most of the time, the things that I learn are from mistakes. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with learning, you know, there's nothing wrong with making mistakes as long as you learn from those mistakes. Um, and, and that goes back to even biblical stuff. You know, we're all going to sin. We all sin. 
but it's it's a difference in learning from that sin and and trying to be better, or just staying in that rut. And so I'm trying to learn something every time I go out. That's, That's good. good. Answer. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And before I ask you the next question, man, fill us in real quick on that sportsman's camp. And if if, if everybody that's listening to this hasn't seen it, you can go over to Jordan's uh, Instagram page, and I guess you can find it on the um, Buck Commander and stuff like that. You guys have a camp that you do. Tell us a little bit about that, Jordan, real quick. Absolutely. So we do a sportsman's camp. Um, it's a uh, a little local camp we have here called Camp Chioka here in uh, Calhoun, Louisiana, and it was kind of something that Willie started. Uh, three or four years ago, he wanted to offer a camp for kids that, you know, maybe their parents didn't hunt hunt or fish, or maybe it's just kids that want to learn more about hunting and fishing, and they do a little bit already. But he wanted to give them the opportunity to learn from some really good resources. So that's what we offer is, is it's a sportsman's camp. That's what we call it. And we learn about hunting and fishing, turkey, deer, duck, uh, fishing, archery like you name it we we teach it and um it's just one of those things that you know we just we just wrapped it up this last week and i get so much out of it i'm kind of one of the directors now and um i mean i almost would rather do that than i do my job i've just you know that i do with buck commander i've just fallen in love with it and being able to see these kids i mean we had a little girl there uh this week uh her name was roslyn and she had never shot a bow before. She was the only person in camp that raised her hand when I asked who hasn't shot a bow. And she, she was very embarrassed, but she rose her hand. She said, I've never shot a bow before. And by the end of the week, she was one of our best shots. And every time she hit that target, just the look on her face and how her face would light up after she hit the target was just so amazing and so gratifying just to see how excited that she got. And, and, to hear her say at the end of the week, hey, I'm going to tell my dad I want to buy a bow when I get home. <laughs> I mean, that was just so awesome. That is awesome, man. That's So, so yeah, we, we, put on that, we put on this camp. Um, reg, you know, registration is going to be open. Um, I'm assuming now or here coming up soon for next summer. It'll be the last week of June in 2022. Um, it's for ages 12 to 18. And uh, we, we had kids from New York to um, Nevada, to South Florida, to Georgia, Texas. We have kids from all over. So it's not just local kids. It's kids from all over. And so, and we have um, a lot of our, our speakers and, and teachers are guys that you've seen on YouTube. You know, we had Uncle Si was there. Phil's been there. Jace, Willie, me, Martin, Godwin. Uh, Tombo's been there. Adam's been there from Buck Commander. I mean, we've had... All of our guys there, and we're we're wanting to expand it and do even more. I've got some other people in the industry that we've been talking to, to that that really want to help out next year. And so next year, I'm thinking it's going to be even bigger. Um, so I, I'm really really looking forward to it. And if anybody out there has got a child from 12 to 18, and or if you're a child from 12 to 18, hey, bring it. We would love to have you, and and we'll teach you everything we know. Heck, you may be able to teach us something. How long does that camp run? We go from uh, Sunday to Saturday, so about six days. Okay, okay. And it's an overnight camp. It's it's a lot of fun. We do bow fishing at night, um, frog grabbing. We do all kinds of cool stuff. So That's awesome, man. Hey, um, last question from me, Jordan. Uh, what are you most thankful sure. for? What am I most thankful for? Yes, sir. 
Man, I would say besides, you know, obviously just being thankful for a, for a Savior who died for us so that I can, you know, go to heaven one day, I would say my family. Amen. Um, Amen. Absolutely. Like, my family is literally the most important thing in my life. Um, I get a lot of compliments from people that came just recently that talk about how, how great my two boys are. And I can't take credit for that other than me and my wife try to be good examples and we try to teach them about Jesus and try to show them Jesus through how we treat them and how we raise them up. And, uh, anyway, it's, it's, my family means more than anything to me. And, and I love spending time with them hunting. My wife was my number one turkey hunting partner, uh, before we had children. And then since we have children, she kind of got bumped down the list because both my boys <laughs> ate up, especially my oldest boy, he is ate up with it. And so, I mean, he spent he spent a good 15, 20 days here turkey hunting. And now my youngest son, he's six. Next year will be his first year that I'm going to let him go. And so now I've got two boys. And so she was already looking kind of sad. She was like, well, I guess I'll have to figure out some other way to go. And I said, well, we'll just have to take family trips from now on. I, there you go. That's a good way to plug it in. What are your boys' I names? Have, I don't know many families. I just see out turkey hunting together, but maybe we'll be the first. <laughs> what are your boys' names, Jordan? Uh, my oldest boy's name is Rep, and my youngest boy's name is Slade. That's awesome, man. Well, Jordan, like I said before, thanks again, man, for taking this uh, opportunity to come on here with us and uh, or letting us be the opportunity for, to have you on. And thanks for everything that you do. And I'm going to go over to YouTube and start checking out. You got any turkey hunting stuff over there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Truck Commander's got its own channel, and we've also got Finn Commander and Buck Commander, Duck Commander. You can find all of our stuff on YouTube. Perfect. Anything else you want to plug in before I spin it back over to these boys? Man, I just want to thank you guys and thank everybody for listening. And, um, you know, obviously want to thank the Lord for letting me, uh, live out my dreams and just, and just being, being very faithful back to me. This has been a very blessed life. Amen. Cody. Cody, what you got? Yeah, I just appreciate you coming on. I've been obviously watching y'all for a long, a long time and love everything y'all do. So just, Y'all keep it up. Keep doing exactly what y'all are doing. We will, man. Thank you. Jordan, you know, as I said at the beginning of the show, the opportunity to speak with you comes through years of, of fruition and getting to this point and then having the opportunity to speak with you. It sits my mind here and listens back to a lot of opportunities that you were able to, to share your faith and everything that you always did. And that's something that we try to do here is, is not be scared to, you know, express our faith and thankful to God for the opportunities that we've been given. And I want to appreciate everything that you do well, along with the Robertsons and everyone that's involved at Duck Commander and at Buck Commander for continuing to be a guiding light for folks that are out there that may not know God. And there's probably been an opportunity out there in some seminar or opportunity that, you know, Phil's been speaking or, or Willie or any of them where somebody probably found Christ through something y'all were doing in the in the outdoor industry, and y'all use that as a platform to build on, and it's something that we're very thankful to see, and something that we're uh, we're blessed enough to be a, a part of now that you've uh, you've came on and given us your time this evening. So we we thank you for that, and uh, as I said early on, it's it's been a surreal experience to to speak with you. You're the guy that. You know, it's behind the lens in a lot of respects, and you're capturing moments that'll be etched in a lot of folks' memory. And it's uh, it's definitely been a pleasure, and we sure appreciate it, and hope we can do it again. 
Oh, heck yeah, man. I would love to. Jordan, real quick, we got a saying at the end that Alex always says, he says, mount the memories, and I'm sure you've got a lot of memories sitting behind that lens. Oh, absolutely. I got too many. <laughs> <laughs> too many to remember one. Well, not have to get up. Well, maybe we'll do a memories episode next. Maybe we can drag some of those some of those partners oh, of yours along. We'll we'll talk for hours then. <laughs> oh man, yep. We'll have four or five parts by then. That's right. That's hey, right. Give me give me a call if you want to get to Georgia sometime. We'll hook up and try to get you some turkeys over this way. I would love to, my man. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jordan, thank you very much for your time, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Yeah, buddy. Y'all take care. All right, man. Thank you, bud. All right, everybody. That was Jordan Summit, and as you heard all along in the show, you can find him over at Strut Commander, Duck Commander, Buck Commander. You can find him anything Commander, it sounds like, on YouTube. Those guys have been putting out quality content for a lot of years. Him lining up with uh, with Robertson's is probably a, probably a, a divine intervention moment, to say the least, because he definitely brings a faithful and positive approach in everything he does. And he continues to exemplify what, you know, folks are forgetting about in a lot of ways. And and I'm thankful to hear him, you know, preach on on testimony and things that he's been able to do in the in the industry. I don't know if they realize it or not. I'm sure they do in some respects, but they're a positive influence in a way a lot of influencers aren't anymore and it's it's good to see. So Yep. Great episode. Awesome. What, what else you got? Nothing, man. And hey, listen, if y'all listen to this episode I want everybody to go over to YouTube, Instagram, whatever it may be, and pop in on the shooting you straight question. It's a segment that we've talked about bringing back for a while. We did it early on. Cody's running that very hard, and he's trying to get some answers to stuff, and he wants to uh, he wants to get you know that content back out. We've got some amazing new partners and opportunities that have been presented to us here at Talk About It Outdoors. And we're so thankful for those. We're thankful for the existing partnerships that we have with Southeast Wildlife Innovations. They continue to be a staple in everything that we're trying to do. And our partnership with the KT team can't be left out in anything that we do. Um, I don't have anything else to, to really bring to the table tonight. And I know there's going to be some uh, some fire stuff dropping all over social media probably before this episode drops. You might as well just drop it, Alex. No, this podcast ain't, I can't, I can't, ain't live. I can't do it on podcast <laughs> land. Even. I, don't even want, I don't even want to go into it because it's an opportunity that we're very excited about and uh, we're thankful to thankful to continue to grow. So what else you got? That's it, man. we got some fun stuff coming up. Yep, Cody. That's got a little it. trip planned soon. Yep, yep. A little trip out to uh, a little further west than where we're sitting right now. Before this episode drops, we'll already be back from there. So if uh, you haven't already, go over and check out all our social media stuff, and you can come and see us next uh, next month now at the GON Outdoor Blast. It'll be at Lake Park Arena in Emerson, Georgia. You can find tickets to that online. It'll be August 20th, 21st, and 22nd, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We'll be set up there with the Southeast Wildlife Innovations uh, Group. And, uh, gosh, we're excited. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun for sure. So, for everybody here at Talk About It Outdoors, we want to thank you for tuning in and being with us again. And come back and see us when you can. Remember, smile as you go, and don't forget, mouth of memories.